All right, y'all. So I have got to get this out. <laughs> like tonight's Bible study, it's going to be off the chain. It's going to be off the chain. Like when I start taking notes, when I start taking notes, that means it's serious. Okay. So I don't know. You know what? I do know what prompted me. God. <laughs> but I want to speak on God being a heart changer. Oh, Father is sneaky, y'all. And I'm going to give you three examples. And I might even include myself as well. But God is, he is something else. And before we get into this, though, you know we have to pray before we slay. Heavenly Father, thank you for this word that you have sown within my heart. Help me to bring it justice by speaking your truth. Have your way within me, Lord. Use my mouth to be an oracle, to edify, to empower, to inspire your people. We are imperfect before you not worthy of our very breath. So we ask that you would forgive us of our sins. Give us a new heart, Lord. Make us in right standing with you and help us to be just as merciful, forgiving those who've trespassed against us. Help us to honor you by walking in agape love even when it's inconvenient. Show us how to love our enemies. Give us courage to remove toxic ties from our lives. Help us to walk away from those things that hinder our walk with you, our spiritual maturity. We put you first, Lord. Help us to take moments to spend more time with you. We don't want religion. We want relationship. So let there be none of me and all of you as we unpack tonight's word. All these things I say in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Okay, y'all. So let me, whoo, let me go ahead and get started because <laughs> I feel like I've had three double shots of espresso, but it's not caffeine. It's a cognitive anointing. And I'm not even going to be in one particular scripture that's how you know it's God I'm gonna be in three I'm gonna be bouncing around this thing so just keep up with me okay <laughs> just take notes folks it's getting good all right so God he is a heart changer man that makes me so uncomfortable like you think that you are in control of even your feelings no you're not. 
all things work together for our good, but all things work together for God's good even more, even more so. He is strategic. He is methodical. And I'm going to give you three examples, plus myself tonight, that's going to reaffirm this. Now, for me, this makes me uncomfortable because it's like, (laughs) you know how there's a saying, Jesus take the wheel? Honey, he's already got the wheel. He's got the wheel. He's got the four tires. (laughs) He's got the stick shift, all that stuff. Yes, our Lord is a heart changer. Let me start in Exodus. In Exodus 9.12, it states, And the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart. In Exodus 10, it says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Go in unto Pharaoh, for I have hardened his heart. I'm going to say that again. For I have hardened his heart and the heart of his servants, that I might show these my signs before him. Wow. And then it goes on to say, but the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart so that he would not let the children of Israel go. (laughs) Isn't that something? He hardened Pharaoh's heart so he could actually display those signs. You guys know the signs. The frogs, the river turning into blood, all these signs because he wanted to show his power. So he hardened Pharaoh's heart so that he wouldn't let the children of Israel go. And who could forget the parting of the Red Sea? God did all of that so he could show out to this people, to the people of Israel. And also everybody else too, because I think the Egyptians, you know, (laughs) I think a lot of them were kind of ready for Pharaoh to say, hey, go on and let them people go because we don't want any more chaos. I'm going to go into Samuel next because I feel like Samuel. Wow, Samuel... He kind of switched over a few times, okay? Samuel was not bipolar. (laughs) It was God changing his heart as well. So if you know, if you know the book of Samuel, when God changed Saul's heart the first time, he changed it so that he would honor him so that he would actually become a prophet so he would start prophesying because in previous years he actually killed (laughs) Christians oh yeah he was a murderer of Christians of anyone that believed in God in Christ right but then he met him on this road And he changed his heart. 
This is 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 9. As Saul turned to leave Samuel, God changed Saul's heart. The Spirit of God came upon him and he started prophesying. Okay, and I want to give you something else. Because then it goes on to say, because here's the thing, everybody knew Saul. Like, Saul despises Christians. He is killing them, right? (laughs) So the same one who was killing them, all of a sudden, the Spirit of God falls on him and he starts prophesying, okay? There's a few things that happen in that interim. But yo, all of his associates, this is what they say, okay? And this is 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 11. When all those who had formerly known him saw him prophesying with the prophets, they asked each other, what is this that has happened to the son of Kish? Is Saul also among the prophets? Yo, they thought he was tripping. Like, wait, you just went from killing them to becoming one of them? This doesn't make any sense. (laughs) I'm going to give you another example of when God changes the heart. Okay, so God changed the heart of Saul a second time. This is 1 Samuel 19, verse 9. The Lord sent an evil spirit onto Saul, tormenting him. Okay, now why did he do that? Because when, when we look at this, it's like, yo, you just, you made him, you know, you made him the king. He was prophesying all this stuff, right? So he, so he's on God's side, right? Why would he send an evil spirit to torment him? Because God is methodical. He's a perfect strategist. Because what this was setting up was Saul provoking. He was being basically put in a state of mind that he needed some type of comfort. So what ended up happening is he summoned David because David, yo, David was multi-talented, right? Now we know that he was anointed, I mean, years previously when he was, you know, shoveling up sheep dung. He was anointed by Samuel years ago to be a future king, but he was not immediately a king, okay? He was still just kind of like everyone else. So his talent brought him before Saul because Saul was tormented because God had sent an evil spirit upon him. So now he wants someone to come and sing to him, to play the harp. And David was multi-talented. He could sing. He could dance. So who do you think becomes his armor bearer? <laughs> um, David. Because David does such a wonderful job comforting him. When David comes and he starts singing and, you know, playing the harp and all of this stuff, his spirit 
Saul's spirit is appeased. He's comforted, you know. But what does that set up? Of course, David becoming the future king. So now, if you remember again, <laughs> this is the third time. Wow, I, I feel like Samuel was like, Samuel went through the ringer with God because, because then he shifted, shifted his heart again to be jealous of David. Because when people saw David coming back from all of these different wars and stuff, and they were celebrating him more than they were celebrating Saul, who was the king at the time, all of a sudden, his heart posture changed once again. Then he became jealous of David and wanted to kill him. <laughs> he threw a spear at his head. <laughs> he sent him to war, hoping he would die. But listen, God had anointed David years before, right? So what do you think ends up happening? Well, we know that story. David ends up becoming king. Saul falls on his own spear. You know how the rest goes, right? King Saul was was basically, um, yeah, he was miserable. <laughs> he was miserable and ended up killing himself. Okay, David became king and all that good stuff. But I want to go to another one, to a one more story, guys. Okay, and, <laughs> and then I'm going to talk about myself here. So I want to go to the book of Judges. This is going to be chapter 14. I'm not going to read the entire thing, but this is Samson. Okay, you guys remember Samson. Super strong. And uh, yeah, he basically falls in love with a Philistine woman. So I'm going to get from chapter, let's just start at the beginning of chapter 14. Samson went down to Timnah and saw there a young Philistine woman. When he returned, he said to his father and mother, I have seen a Philistine woman in Timnah. Now get her for me as my wife. <laughs> His father and mother replied, Isn't there an acceptable woman among your relatives or among all our people? Must you go to the uncircumcised Philistines to get a wife? But Samson said to his father, Get her for me. She's the right one for me. His parents, check this out guys, his parents did not know that this was from the Lord who was seeking an occasion to confront the Philistines. For at that time, they were ruling over Israel. Okay, so his attraction, his fervent attraction to Delilah, that came from God. See, sometimes you don't know why you are attracted to the fools, excuse me, the people that you are attracted to. <laughs> but God is in there working things together for his favor. So Samson doesn't know why he's so smitten by this woman. But God put it on his heart for him to be so freaking infatuated with her. Because he basically wanted him to destroy the Philistines. 
right? So here's the thing. You never know. (laughs) You never know what God is doing in you. And you also never know what God is doing in other people. Some people change because it's God's will being done. And even though we don't necessarily know why, we can't forecast the future. Just like everything works out for our favor, you better believe everything's gonna work out for God's plan. I'm gonna use myself as the last example here, guys. If you would have told me when I started the Black Sheep Believers podcast that I was going to be sitting up here doing Bible study, I would have laughed at you in the face. (laughs) Listen, I'm keeping it real. For years, I've read the Bible every single morning by myself. I had no intention of sharing any scripture with anyone else. Good luck to you and your salvation, okay? I will not be your evangelist. I will not be your preacher. I will not be your pastor. I still have this conversation with God today. (laughs) But here's what started to happen. And I noticed it years ago. I am Belle Fit, right? Maybe not. I started to become uninspired in my work pertaining to fitness. As much as I love fitness, I love working out, I always will. I started to not want to train people, that desire to go to the gym or even online to just, you know, and these women, My clients, when I tell you that God really did bless me with the best of the best, man, it's like I couldn't have gotten any better people to work with, people to serve. But I started to just feel this shift. Like none of it mattered to me anymore. You know, of course I want everyone to be healthy. But my heart started to desire more. I wanted to feed people something that would elevate their spirit, that would go deeper, that would change their life. I wanted to give them something that they could chew on and be empowered because I realized no matter how many freaking Squats, dips, shoulder presses, sit-ups, someone did. If they were broken on the inside, having an attractive physique, having beautiful aesthetics, it would mean nothing in the end. So I started to just observe myself. And I'm like, wow, all of your motivation, it's coming from a God place. It's coming from the seed of the Lord. 
of my own personal development, everything that I was saying, I started to notice. I couldn't speak without interjecting father. I'm like, shut up, woman. You don't want everyone to think you're a Jesus thumper, you know? <laughs> I'm just keeping it real. I'm not ashamed. But at the same time, if you come off religious to some people, sometimes that's a deterrent. And the last thing that I want to do is scare the people that I want to motivate, that I want to empower, you know? So sometimes I, like when I'm out and about, sometimes I tried to hold, like hold the reins back a little bit when it comes to, you know, using my Jesus, my Jesus swag. Oh, I carry my Bible everywhere. Don't get it twisted. I plead the blood every day, but I don't necessarily verbalize my faith until I feel that the environment is safe. You know, because if I just share love with someone, I don't have to share scripture to do that. I can just be myself because it's God operating in me. But I'm telling you all of this because God has changed my heart. You know, the things that were once very important to me are insignificant. It's like, no, man. Yeah. You know, do your workout, whatever. I don't care. Have a great, you know, exercise routine. Have a wonderful training session. I hope all of you the absolute best. But I feel like I have something better. (laughs) Like, dude, I have freaking God that is using me as an oracle to inspire you. I want to give you wisdom. I want to impart faith. I want you to believe in yourself. I want you to know that you are more than a conqueror. I want you to understand that you are never by yourself, that the Lord is faithful, that he would never leave you or forsake you. I want to give you parables that resonate with modern times, that give you these aha moments of revelation and inspiration. Because when I talk to people, every single day, I realize how much God has really blessed me with. I realize that there are so many people that are out here. There's so much access to, you know, exercise routines and nutrition and all that good stuff. You can get that anywhere. But this thing that God has given me, I know that he hasn't given it to everyone in the same capacity that he's given it to me. Because when I look in the eyes of people, when I'm talking to them, I can see that light bulb moment. So it's like, I thought everyone knew some of the stuff that, you know, (laughs) that I've been ranting about. I thought everyone had, you know, the same level of information and insight. But the more people that I talk to, the more that I realize they don't, you know, and I can't help but just keep freaking going. I'm like, yo, get your workout anywhere you want, but let me sit down and give you something better. Because when you get this, when you get God, You get everything. (laughs) 
You get the body, you get the relationships, you get the finances, you get the understanding, you get the self-esteem, you get the master plan, you get salvation, man. You get saved. And I think that, that's why God has called me into something different. That's why his plan was not my plan, you know, because honestly, y'all, I would still be in the gym right now training people (laughs) if he didn't shift my heart. (laughs) As soon as COVID would have been over, I would have 86 the podcast. All right, we're going back to the gym. We're (laughs) We're going back to the dojo where I can train martial arts and just kick it all day long. But Anytime I go back to doing that stuff, you know, even just temporarily, I feel a void and I'm like, yeah, I gotta, you know, (laughs) and even when I'm there, I still keep preaching. (laughs) People always pull me aside and, you know, and, uh, and I give them what God is giving me to give them at that time. So be receptive to that. Okay. If God is doing a work in you if he's changing you if he's changing other people I mean it's his will being done you can't help it like I'm sure Saul didn't think that he was going to feel the way that he felt you know from going from you know a Christian hater to all of a sudden being like a Christian himself (laughs) I'm sure Samson didn't understand why he was so attracted to some woman that he had no business being attracted to. Like, yo, you are sleeping with the enemy, son. You know, and I'm sure Pharaoh, see, Pharaoh, he was cool with Moses. I'm sure if it had not been for God changing his heart the way that he did, making him so stiff-necked, I'm sure that at some point he would have let them go. All right, yeah, sure, I'll let him go. We're cool. You're my bro. You came back. Yeah, man. You know, I mean, maybe it wouldn't have worked out just as as quickly as that. But, I mean, for, for them to have endured for Pharaoh, to have lost his son, man, for Pharaoh to have endured all of those different things, I mean, that God put them through I mean they were suffering y'all they had locusts and freaking frogs and and the river turning into blood I mean yo I'm sure at some point way before all of those God would have you know I think it's called the seven plagues but I'm sure previously to that Pharaoh would have let them go after like the first thing like oh oh okay Yo, I see it's it's raining frogs, y'all. Okay, let them go. <laughs> but everything works out for God's plan. That's what we have to understand, my friends. All right, so yeah. I'm gonna like sit and meditate on that because I don't know how I feel about that. That's kind of scary. Like God is in control of your feelings. <laughs> the posture of your heart. Like not just the wind and the rain and all that external stuff. He is in control of them feelings of you being in your feelings and other people being in their feelings so (laughs) that's the god that we serve he's a mighty god y'all thanks for tuning in 
I hope that uh, you took something from this that inspired you, that, uh, you know, gave you a light bulb moment. Share the podcast with a friend, guys. We are in 46 countries. We are absolutely growing and glowing. Now, with that said, stay spirit-led and may God bless you always in fitness, health, and in spiritual wealth. I am your girl, Belle Fit, and we are the Black Sheep, Believers. I'll talk to you soon. Ciao.